0: Want you want a podcast? I got a smart cat you want a podcast? I got a smartcast. Do you want a podcast? I got a smartcast. cat you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna? Do you want a podcast? Do you want a show? Do you get your laughs from
1: computer radio? With this bro, Scotty Moe, it's about time to lose your shit. Everybody's progress clips for that legend, Kevin Smith.
0: Welcome to Smodcast. I'm Kevin Smith. Uh, Okay, I have been uh, back east um, in uh, Red Bank for the grand opening of uh, Jane's Silent Bob Secret Stash at 65 Broad Street. Um, So, you know, we did, uh, you heard the previous two weeks uh, crossed over with Tell Steve, Dave, and whatnot. So this is the same weekend, and it affords me the opportunity to sit down and record a show about the like the unsung uh secret success, like of all the stuff that I've ever done. I get credit for cool things, I get bitched and slapped for a lot of horrible <laughs> fucking things. And, you know, I, and I I now I've been around long enough to know that, you know, I, I've got accomplishments and I feel good about them. Shit. One that never really gets pointed to, but will fucking next year, of course, when we hit it, is it's about to be the 25th year of being a brick and mortar retailer. Like, you know, I came from the world of retail. Clerks comes from a world uh, based on me going to work and and running a fucking cash register, a brick and mortar retail establishment um, that plays so large in in my life and my mythology and stuff that here at the brand new jane silent bob secret stash there's an entire replica of the very place that i fucking hated going to every day of my life at one point but you get to a place where you're like oh my god that was the bridge that was the gate and now it's celebrated it's it would be as if in my house my my mom had built like a replica of the post office (laughs) and every day that my dad like came home he was like what the fuck but quick stop is something obviously that i celebrate but i came from retail and at a certain point like i went back to retail and it was never the primary focus and yet it's one of the greatest success stories of anything I've ever been involved with. I say anything I've ever been involved with because I didn't fucking do it myself. Uh, others did it and stuff. But 25 fucking years, which it'll be next year, is a, f- a milestone for any fucking business, man. Like, I was driving around the area with my mom today, and we were looking at some fucking thing, and I was like, well, that I remember when they built that fucking thing. So like it's been around, fucking what was it? I forget. But I was like, it's been around as long as I've been around. That they've mm-hmm. been in a business, man, and that's it's rare enough to point it out and be like, holy shit! Particularly mom and pop thing, twenty five fucking years to have a a retail business, brick and mortar, that is like still vibrant, vibrant enough to fucking to still be in existence. Had its own fucking television show at one point. Which is, you know, maybe an unfair advantage amongst other retail establishments. Not everybody does get a TV show that, like, fucking sparks more interest and brings people in free commercial, more or less, or something. But fucking a quarter of a fucking goddamn century. That's what we're going to talk about today. Next year, B&J and Bob's Secret Stash, 25th anniversary. You better believe... I will be like marketing it and fucking championing it. And there'll be t-shirts, kids and events and all that stuff. Um, But before we get there, as we're all seated here in the new secret stash, let's talk about the journey from 35 to 65. And my guests today to tell that tale are the boots on the ground cats. I was a dude in Los Angeles asking questions and then, or at, at one point, well, the story begins with me being in Red Bank, but then I leave Red Bank and leave the retail business, essentially, um, in the hands of the guy for whom the retail business was bought. And if you know the mythology and the legend, you didn't want it at first, but it became it became something uh, that I hope he fucking enjoys. And um, that would be our uh, guest, Mr. Walter Flanagan. Hello. Uh, Mr. Michael Zapsick, long-time fucking stash employee, one of the comic book men himself. So this is a mini comic book men reunion right here. Uh, Michael Zapsick. How you doing, folks? And the guy who built and designed and and I think it was Josh Roush this weekend. At one point, we were talking about the stash, and I was like, it's just like beautiful, and it is everything it needs to be. It looks like it was put together. It looks like Josh was like, you must've had a lot of input. And I was like, I nothing. I mean, other than that, at one point I was like, we need a movie section just because movies is hot right now. That was it. And then, you know, I had to, I was like, I think I can get the iron Bob suit and shit. Obviously buddy Christ was coming over and whatnot, but I had, there was no like, here's my fucking layout. Like here's the, I sketched it out and shit. When we built the first, well, we'll get into that in a second. The visionary, the guy that built the brand new secret stash and it looks wonderful. Um, I would now have gotten to see it with my own eyes and shit. I got to see it on video, but I got to see it um, in person all weekend for the grand opening. And it's just a thing of beauty, man. And it's built built uh, not just like if I had hired some fucking person I didn't know, I wouldn't have got what I got. Clearly, it's built with fucking love. Uh, Rick Darris himself, ladies and gentlemen. Ernie O'Donnell. Hello, everybody. A dramatic fucking loss. Yes. <laughs> um, I was gonna say about talk about the designing of the stash, but so let's take it back way to the beginning. We try to do kind of an oral history of the stash, and we should have Brian here, but I didn't want to fucking overtax him. I already hit him for like three hours this week, so I didn't want to hit him again. He's still sleeping? Probably. <laughs> um, it begins long before it begins with me and Walt driving around New Jersey with my newfound passion for comic books and Walter being a more than willing fucking Sherpa up the mountain of comic books. Um, because like, I I was like, let's drive here, let's drive here. And we didn't have ways or fucking maps. So you would have to like call a place, get directions, use a fucking map and drive around New Jersey and shit. And we'd go to other comic book stores that I'd never been to and Walter hadn't been to even though he was an enthusiastic comic book fan because he had one place he would always go to and then that branched off into two or something like that. But this was the ability to like get in a car and let's go to North Jersey. Let's go to New York and buy comics and shit like that. And during one of those many trips, uh, just uh, my newfound fucking joy for uh, comics and my bullions and whatnot boils over to the point where I'm like, this is fucking great, man. Wouldn't this be great to just fucking do this all the time? Just fucking like comics comics, go buy comics all the time and walter was said um i always wanted to run a comic book store that's my dream to run a comic book store and i was like right on man fucking it'd be that'd be amazing to own a comic book store he's like not own a comic book store he's (laughs) got too much responsibility but to run a comic book store and i was like why why just run it he goes do you know what kind of discount i would get if i ran the store he's like you know we're getting 25 30 now i get easily 50 and it was just like Makes sense. Absolutely fucking logical, man. <laughs> so years, that's years ago, years back. That's going somewhere between 1989 and 1991. say. and I'm going to say more toward 89 than anything else. Cause it was early in our relationship. Cut to years later. Uh, we are buying comics from a store in red bank on Mammoth street called comicology that Walter found first, um, we had been comic shoppers locally at Fantasy Zone, which was in Red Bank, which was run by Dave Windorf from Monster Magnet. Like a dude who sold us our comics became fucking like famous. I've been to the, the Hard Rock Cafe, Hard Rock, Hard Rock Casino in Vegas. They got his fucking light bulb suit from the video and shit. Like just like next to Elton John and shit like that. So did he lived. Did he live in Red Bank? He did. Oh, he, just still talk still he still lives yeah. here, man. And he's a huge comic book geek and shit. Like oh, hardcore seventies Marvel, sixties Marvel does he still
2: come shit. In? Yeah, Every yeah. once you in still a while, him, yeah,
0: yeah. So wow. he um, he sold us our comics. We would go there and and buy books. We also went to Ray's Collectibles, which is in Middletown, like right near North. Um, which was a small room in a deli, which is when when I first saw this, I was like, mm-hmm. I know the model. I know the model. <laughs> We're sitting in the uh, Tez D town general store inside Jane Silent Bob's secret stash. The store within a store within uh, within the stash. The boys own little like, uh, I to me, it looks like a museum. It, it's, a, it's, it, it's a museum with a gift shop, but it's a production facility more than anything else. This is where they record the show. They got a huge green screen in here and stuff like that. So we're recording uh, in this
2: room. How did I get to that? What was the point? Why did I even bring us fantasy zone? We were you were talking about comicsology, comicsology, hard rock cafe, light bulb suit,
0: hard (laughs) yes, I'm all over
2: fucking joint. So basically,
0: um, we would buy oh rays collectibles. This reminds me very much of rays collectibles. Rays collectibles, kids. If you never went, and probably nobody ever did, but me and Walt. Um, there might be someone in the audience from Middletown who was like, "I know Ray." Unless it's Ray, <laughs> that'd be amazing if he's listening. He's like, "Fuck you, Walt." There was a time I was the king of comics in that area.
3: Was, was he a little old man, Ray? No,
0: no,
1: no.
3: he was a—he's uh, like a. A like
0: a young <laughs> unengagement. Was he married? Ah, uh, I I never I never thought. <laughs> Look,
2: like, I kept it very very professional. <laughs> his <laughs> wife wasn't a genius in her country. No, no okay. that was the that was next,
1: next guy. Ray uh, uh, was a nice uh, middle aged man
0: who. Not mid- he was like literally maybe five years older than us.
2: He has seen middle aged, and you know. He he lived a you still thinking that Ray's listening to yes. this right now. He, he
0: seemed like to use a stereotype, and this may not even fit Ray at all, but he had the appear, and he, he either had the appearance of a man who still lives at home with his mom, single or a man who has killed 12 and buried them all throughout the <laughs> yeah. Pine Barrens.
2: While living with his mom at home. Yes, it yeah. <laughs> could have been both. You
1: worry about me. <laughs> well, what I said about
2: Ray. He finally <laughs> said, fuck Ray. All right? That's he it. was
0: the definition of
2: roly-poly. Oh, okay. But adorable. and yeah. And
0: he was doing his fucking thing he found a way to do it. He he was in a deli. That's the point of the story is it was the deli on the, uh, on that strip. Like as you come through buttermilk, buttermilk Valley on your way to like, I was going to say two guys. Then I was going to say Bradley's. Home.
3: I'm trying to remember where I don't know.
0: It's been raised. It's been raised. Raised was raised. many. many it's days. gone. The building itself. Oh yeah. I haven't driven on that road yeah. in a while. It was this little square building that was a deli. And it had, like, what I can only describe, it's certainly, this room is a mansion compared to <laughs> Ray's collectibles. It was a side closet, or they built, like, a like a porch or whatever the fuck. And he ran a comic book store out of the deli. And, you know, it was, it wasn't like, you know, it, it took you half an hour to do Ray's. You can do Ray's in, like, fucking five minutes and stuff. But he had back issues. The walls were jam-packed. He always he ordered right from previews. It wasn't Podunk, so he got everything on mm. time. You could order. I ordered the Mike Zek, Mike Zack fucking uh, covers from. Uh, oh, um, uh, Punisher. No, the the Batman one. The K. Oh,
1: Ten Nights of the. Yes, Beast? Yeah. yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, he you, you could order anything through. He could get, and we got a discount. It was like fifteen percent or something. Also, like ordered
1: there. things you didn't pick up. Come on, <laughs> Come
0: on, man. He's going to get you. Oh, no. Ray's like, talk about that, fucker. Yeah. Now who's the fucking serial anything? What did I do? Did, how much did I leave you Terminator
1: Burning Earth? Oh, my cover? God. You're right. <laughs> Stuck a guy uh, struggling to sell comic books in a sub shop <laughs> with a $100
3: hardcover. Rolly roly it. lives in his palm. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, let's do the math on this, too. What year was it? Ninety. Ninety-one. So, 1990, 91 So the hardcover, <laughs> he's probably paying about 40 It's still a pretty pricey yeah. output. But And he usually, he did it happily because he could count on me. He's like, well, <laughs> he always pays. But then one day I was like, I don't want that book. Like, why did I order that book? And rather than just face him like a man and be like, I, I, Ray, I don't want that book. I know I said I did, and I, I refuse to pay $100 for it or something like that. I just stopped going. You're like, I'll pick it up next week. And then you're like, that next week never came. And you and you, you
1: ghosted them before the term ghosted.
0: Driving out of your way to avoid yeah, it. Yeah, that's wreck. why you haven't been on that street in yeah. 30 years. Yeah, I still feel like the guilties every time I drive past the raised lot. Raised, raise. I'm like, oh, I fucked a retailer. The small guy. The little guy. Well, this reminds me of Rays in one way. And as much as it's a smaller store inside a larger store, but this is a... This is a mansion compared to like what Ray had to work with. <laughs> um, Ray's Collectibles was where we got our books. And then you found Comicology somehow?
1: Yeah, Comicsology opened up in Red Bank. Red Bank had always been uh, seemingly a spot where co- uh, a comic shop would open if another one closed. And sh- shortly after Fantasy Zone closed, where Dave was working, uh, an- another shop opened And that's where we uh, started to uh, buy our comics out after we couldn't go back to race.
0: You found it first, though, and you were like, hey, this guy, he's over here. And, and, you know, it was was in Red Bank, and we didn't live in Red Bank at that point. Yeah, we weren't far from Red Bank. But it was a decent enough drive and stuff, and and you did kind of. Get to bypass Ray's to get there, so the guilties <laughs> went away.
2: You but don't even have to drive past. You got burned by Kevin's like overlapping.
1: Well, yeah, because I would go in and I'd be like, oh, God, "Kev has still have him coming in for this book. What's going on? Have you seen Kev?"
0: Would, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kevin, I gotta bro. go, Ray.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to be like, "No, I haven't seen him. I don't know what he's up to. I'll, I'll let him know if I see him though." Like oh, that's <laughs> fucked up that he dr- he left you with that book. <laughs> throw me under the bus. <laughs> 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 you still
2: got that uh, statue to
0: him to the books he, he don't know, realize how uncouth that was
3: <laughs> so did you i mean you're both from we're all from well the three of us are from highlands yeah did you buy comics from cats's uh
1: but we were we were youths yeah
0: right then when we became refined comics. oh so well purchasers. him first uh, i right. i stole comics from Katz's. i had like marvel <laughs> subscriptions but i also shoplifted like crazy. Like, I would go to the rack, the Hey Kids comics racks, which we actually have in the stash and have had in the stash forever, Um, and pull, like, I didn't realize it was uh, new books every fucking week, but I did know that every month the story continued and shit. So anytime I went to Katz's, which was like once a month, I would pull, like, the fucking comics that I wanted, and then I would hide them in, like, one of the back aisles. They sold folders, manila folders oh, yeah. for school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd let them build up To a good enough point, and then I'd come in with a book bag and I'd go back and buy a greeting card and I'd stuff the fucking comics in the book bag. (laughs) I
3: hope you didn't do that when you were with me.
0: Um, (laughs) it might have maybe one. I feel like I did it alone all the time, but it was so weird because it was like, I love these stories about crime fighters, and it was all fucking (laughs) born in crime, (laughs) stolen books. So I did get a lot of my early comics from Katz's, but nothing I had. In my collection, I didn't get back into comics until I started hanging out with Walt, and that's like late '88. And we bond over comic books. Um, and then we, and
1: then anybody who's really into comics is not buying them on a newsstand anymore. At Katz's, you know, they're going to where. There's a much more uh, massive selection of titles and books you can't find on a newsstand, which would be, you know, which were comic book
3: stores. Now would they get the same would they get the same? I'm just curious. They would get the same stuff. Plus much, much more.
0: Well that's the thing. That what was it called? Direct market? Direct market. The direct market allowed them instead of being like, here, get your magazines, your newspapers, and here's a comic book for your kid. They knew there was a big enough audience. Kids been growing up reading these comics for years, and they're also adults now and stuff. That they could build specialty stores mm-hmm. that's just devoted like to the hobby enthusiasts. So Walter used to get his books in Madawon at the hobby store, mm-hmm. and we used that's where I first went and got my books. That's where he was like, "This, you want to get Grimjack? Start buying Grimjack and shit like that." But they, you know, had comics. They had a huge comic section, but they also had like, you can build a model airplane. You yeah. could fucking do this. You can like crafts galore and shit. Comics is just one part of their game. The specialty stores of the next generation, which seemed to start the tail end of the 80s and into the beginning of the 90s, which is just when I started getting back into it, were stores that were like, we're not doing baseball cards because there had been hybrid like baseball cards and comics. Mm. There were stores that just started to be like, we sell comics, which is really staking a flag in a way a weird way. I mean, thank God somebody did it because it led to us having our own fucking store like this. But the idea of like, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to risk it all on just fucking comic books because they come out every week and there if there are enough people to buy them, why not? And we have specialty items grew like when I first started collecting graffiti, didn't make shit except shirts and really nice books. Then they started making sculptures then they started making comic book ephemera like we literally you know people had always made action figures and shit like that but then all of a sudden marvel started making their own action figures and making them look great mm. because todd mcfarlane was making action figures that looked fucking amazing and then dc was like we're taking it in house we're doing our own action figures so we watched the industry like fucking grow and become massive and move on and shit like that this is, i know it's boring but get him get him a tired kid <laughs> You awake, man? <laughs> yeah, you were snoring. You awake. were snoring. It's fine. Get him. Uh, my wife snores, <laughs> so uh, it made me feel right at home for heaven's sakes. So we were there. I, I came into it. Walter was there before I came into it, but I came in at a time when it felt like more specialty stores were opening. Like even Fantasy Zone, didn't they do cards as well? It wasn't just comics.
1: Yeah. yeah. Seemingly almost all... Um, I can't think of any stores in our area that didn't offer both. You know, even Comics Plus offered cards.
0: They were cards as well. Yeah. How's the other ones we left off the fucking list? Comics Plus was another comic book store that we also used quite frequently. In fact, big part of my mythology because I sell them my comic book collection um, to help make clerks. And you know, I had valued it on paper at like ten thousand bucks, and they were like, "We'll give you two thousand in store credit or mm-hmm. something like that." And so you know i used i give the store credit to walt so if walt spent 100 bucks he gave me 80 bucks or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. until the store credit was gone and that helped fund pay, fund clerks pay for the fucking credit card minimums that were coming in and shit like that so yes i forgot comics plus um who we later went to war with once we opened up jane's and <laughs> bob's secret stash at one point they uh, they ultimately closed their doors not too long ago
1: but are you kidding me yeah, they it was before covid but they finally uh, just raised the white flag and we're like it's over.
0: I mean, like didn't they also have an online component like or they were in the back like of comic of books order, like yeah. JNS
2: comics yep, or something? Yep. That's where I got my first taste of of like the back issues from you know, JNS. From JNS. Yeah. So that
0: so they were never like here's our website or maybe eventually they were, but this was at a time when you would be reading comics and there'd be a double page spread that would be like JNS comics and it was a list of all the
2: back issues that they sold and
0: shit. And then you would just either
2: call up or fucking mail order it. That was mile high. But yeah, they had a little, they had a postage stamp size yeah. uh, thing that said, you know, send a self-addressed stamped envelope for our free catalog. And I tracked them down because they were in the white pages under comic books, JNS comics. I'm like, cool, they've got uh, an address. And I went there one night. You were, so you've been to comics plus. No, no, that I was at that. Actual J and S house. <laughs> yeah. So and, and who is J and S? It was just some dude. Actually, his his girlfriend came out. She was wearing like bell bottoms. She's a she like, stone.
0: <laughs> I always assumed it was like, weren't there two dudes that own Comics Plus? I always was, saw two dudes. It was dudes. two dudes who uh, who opened up the brick and
1: mortar store. Mm. You know, they had the mail order, I guess that did pretty well for them. And then they they opened up a chain of stores. They would so well that they They did that. They opened up multiple locations. and
0: That's right. There was one between the two balls.
1: Yeah, they were up and down. Uh, They were in Tom's River. They had one in uh, Middletown.
0: They had one in Ocean. During the comics boom, Batman 1989 and forward in the 90s. These cats. you're right. Mm -hmm. Listen to us. I'm sitting here talking about 25 years bigger and more. They're all gone. (laughs) That's true. But they were franchised even before. You're the
1: last one standing on the mountaintop so that's why you get to get record this podcast exactly nobody else
0: yeah not fucking ray <laughs> nobody get to, who is, what do they say it's like um victors the history is written by the wind or the victors yeah um all right so the comic book industry you know clearly predated us and, and fascinated us and we fueled it with our money and our fandom and stuff like that um Cut to uh, we're shopping at you know comic solid comicology or comicsology comicsology with the X yes um, and the window design was like you, know, you could see it on the chasing Amy outtakes like the snake yeah, very, or something like yeah. that it had some gaming angle because because Steve Dave was a gamer as well as a comics guy like he'd magi- yeah, he, he he loved, magic he yeah dude.
1: he loved those card games
0: fantasy games <laughs> he said dismissively' <laughs> it was fantasy games Him and Ray Never Ray um it was uh it was uh, Ray who like uh, uh not Ray uh Steve Dave whose name was really what Steve Steve yeah Steve Maz, Really? Steve Mazzone? Mm -hmm. M A Z Z
1: O N E. I'm sure he's listening with Ray right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ham radio on the the edge of their seats. Just like, oh, it's my turn. I really hope I don't
1: get the Ray treatment. Steve's going right now. (laughs) Fuck the Ray treatment. I don't want to be forgotten like Comics
0: Plus. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to get a lot worse, Steve. (laughs) Steve's like, I got to hear this fucking story again. Mm -hmm. Steve Dave, which plays right into the room we're sitting in, and we're sitting in the TESD. Uh, town general store and tesdy of course is tell him steve dave uh something that was uttered in the movies uh by walter himself at at uh brian in Mallrats. tell him steve dave came from steve dave the guy who ran comiXology whose name as we now know is steve mazone but um i never knew if his name was steve or dave and i would say both fast in in an effort to not Mess it up and shit. So I'd be like, yeah, Steve Dave. And he never seemed to correct <laughs> or catch it. Or maybe he was like, the customer's always right. So, you know, fucking as long as he's paying cash, call me Steve fucking whatever you want. But that's where the term Steve Dave came. And then, like in Mall Rats, I called the character Steve Dave as a private in joke with all of us. And Walter's going, tell him Steve Dave it was like just ultimate fanboy mode. Walter's character was called Fanboy. About 20 years before anybody embrace the term marks, yeah fuck mm, god no. damn it all the money that just gene blew simmons, out the window
1: gene simmons fucking trademarked the money bag you should have trademarked <laughs> family
0: i know fucking all i needed was one person to suggest it it's never occurred to me <laughs> you'd <know how laughs> be very mild you would be if you were like you can't use that <laughs> in 2020 <2020." laughs> <laughs> i'm like that'll be 50 cents thank you uh, hated by podcasters all over like i gotta fucking change my podcast name i gotta cease and desist again <laughs> Um, so we started, uh, calling him Steve, Dave, kind of like definitely behind his back. He was always <laughs> described as Steve, Dave. If you're ever talking about interacting with him, you're like fucking Steve, Dave did this. Um, I came in, I feel like I came into Steve, Dave world after Mallrats Cause I had money or after i had clerk's money. Yeah. Cause I remember walking in and being like, I'm paying off his bill <laughs> yeah. in a really arrogant way. You're, yeah. You were like, what was that duck from? Uh, what was that duck? <laughs> Scrooge even, McDuck? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a Scottish accent. Burns, yeah. even. <laughs> it was. I, I was like stinking rich with 20 grand. And I just like, I've going to pay his bill and I'm going to order whatever yeah. I want. And blah, blah, blah. And the guy was like, okay.
1: And I'll pay for it. I might not even pick it up, but I'll pay for it. <laughs> (laughs)
0: fuck you Ray (laughs) again and he rather than being like the typical I mean he looked like comic book store guy or comic is it comic book guy guy from the from the Simpsons (laughs) Um, but he and he had a particular delivery like comic book guy I mean in fact we should have trademarked him because we could have fucking sued the Simpsons but comic book guy I think came before him Uh, I mean the Simpsons happened before that Mm -hmm. store and I don't remember when they ever debuted the comic book.
2: I, I don't guy know. Character. If, I think his parents probably would dispute that. You know, that's but- true. Good point. But
0: I'm saying, like, he—I don't know if he lived up to the stereotype or if he set the stereotype. But he was very much like comic book guy. Like, hello, I have a very particular way of addressing things. Oh, so why don't you come in and we will discuss it. And these, of course, these are my magic cards. And we gather and we play. Like very specific <laughs> patois. Almost a performance kind of thing, um, whereas comic book guy is more just like do this, that, and get out of my steward and shit like that. But he he kind of didn't he have a ponytail? Oh yeah, I mean literally
1: you who who's the groaning? groaning? Matt he, I really feel like he was visiting New Jersey one day. He like,
0: <laughs> bingo, he was in a Red Bank and he walked into that store
1: because it was spot on. Spot the fuck on. Spot on. Look, tone, everything.
2: And didn't you say that you guys found like a pile of purple velveteen clothes Uh, in the back? Yeah, yeah. That he would wear, he would be ensconced in purple. Oh, for playing Magic the Gathering. No, well, just his normal everyday wear. I just think he liked the color purple.
0: And he was, that was his thing. Yeah. he, uh, I, I bought, I went in there very, you know, fucking <laughs> should have went back to Ray and paid him off. <laughs> <laughs> Think about you breaking my heart. That, that fucking hundred dollars might have been the difference maker.
1: <laughs> I don't know, I don't even know. Ray moved out of the delicatessen, not because of. Uh, because of
2: <laughs> he couldn't have it in, it, man. It. He moved out of the
1: delicatessen, yeah, and turned his garage into a store. He would just flip the lid up. Of the door, the front, the front door, and just be like it was a it was a comic book store inside, it looked just like the interior of the deli, but it was in his garage. <laughs>
0: that warms my heart. I actually yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, he had slicers in They're there, still yeah. open. No, and then he finally gave up and was like,
0: "What am I going to go back and give him the money? <laughs> <laughs> I, if, he, if that store was open, I would just anonymously go in in a mask in the age of COVID and buy that book for a thousand dollars. We're
1: talking about decades. He closed down since it seized, was opened,
0: Um and when he closed. He literally closed the door of the garage door. Yeah. <laughs> um, good Lord. So Steve, Dave, at one point, I was buying comics there for, I guess, like two years, it feels like. Because I remember this was like my clerk's check that I was like, I'm going to fucking do this. And the guy was like, all right, yeah, go ahead, pay for his comics. I don't give a fuck. Don't <laughs> be so in my face about it. So it was about 1997 when I'm coming into the store to buy comics it all happened fast in my recollection um to pick up my comics because and i was going back and forth i was dating joey adams at the time so i wasn't always in red bank came back because i lived here in red bank came back uh to to the store and um steve dave started talking about he's moving to taiwan or thailand mm-hmm. one of the thai countries where his wife and him are going to teach english yep and i was like oh well, it was, who's going to all the comics he's like well, we're closing the store down and I was like, oh man and me and Walt had gotten a sweet fucking discount at this point. what were we up to 30 35 Ooh. it was it was it was I think 30 30 30 percent which was yeah. staggering uh, yes we felt like kings mm-hmm. like uh, going in there with all that bluster got us to like a, a fucking sweet 30 <laughs> percent um so he was like um, well, that's what I wanted to speak to you about. I've uh, heard you discuss many times that one day you wanted to retire and have your own comic book store. And I've just wondered if perhaps you thought perhaps that time could be sooner than the end of your career. And I was like, Oh, I take this place over. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, wow. Um, Like weird. Like, no, it never occurred to me. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Holy shit. And I flash on our conversation where I'm like, he wants to run a fucking comic book store. Like, this is my chance. And so I'm like, how much is it? Because I didn't, hmm. I don't know what it, you know, he can't sell you the building because he's renting the building, but he's se- selling you the business. So turnkey operation with fucking, we're in the stash. If that's, if you hear a phone and we're all ignoring it, that's <laughs> the secret <laughs> stash. Uh, we're recording and it's after hours. So the machine's picking it up. So I'm like, what is that cost? And he's like, I'm thinking 60 grand, which is, I I didn't even, I did not indicate was unreasonable. I did not indicate as reasonable. All I said was 60 grand. And then instantly he goes 30 grand. <laughs> and suddenly he was negotiating against himself. And at 30 grand, this was my thought process. 30 grand is, you know, I, I don't, it's, any fucking business you're going to buy other than the business of going out of business is a pretty fucking sweet deal. Come with all the stock in the store. Oh, wow. Come with the fucking, you know, clientele list. Mm-hmm. So you got, it's not like, how are we going to fucking get people to buy comics? There are people bu- coming in and buy comics. Things we're going to lose is it's two best customers probably buying the most because suddenly we're going to be part of the operation. But thing it could gain is new people. Like, you know, oh, my God, what if it was not comicsology, but what if it was a Jane Silent Bob kind of thing or something like that? But it was always like, oh, my God, like fucking this was my rationale. <clears throat> Clerks cost me 27575 bucks to make. Walt was there nearly every day, if not every fucking day that we were making it. Um it it captured his imagination and you know he was also like he didn't go to sleep till like four in the morning most nights anyway and stuff so we were shooting the movie late and fucking it was but he was there for the whole thing and and without walt i don't meet bry without bry there's no randall without walt i don't meet jay without jay there's obviously no jay so i was always like for twenty seven thousand five hundred seventy five bucks all my fucking dreams come true for less than three grand more I can make Walt's dream come true. And I was like, you know what? Fucking, I will take the store. And so it was a 30 K deal and stuff. He seemed very happy. I mean, I mean what were his options?
1: <laughs> Just put it in a storage
0: unit, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and he didn't, I, he didn't think, say he was coming back or anything. So he went for it like, and he, of course he went for it. Cause he presented me with that number. So, at that point, like I called up Walt, and I was like, hey, man, I bought fucking Comixology, and you're going to run it. And he goes, no, I'm not. And I was like, what? And he's like, I'm not I'm not going to work at a comic book store. I have a job at the Stash. No, at the Rec Center. Rec center, center, sorry, the Rec Center. And Walt had been at the Rec Center as long as I'd known Walt. How long, when did you start working at the Highlands Recreation Center? 86. And it was a super secure job. The conversation we're talking about right now, we're having in 1997. So Walt had been ten working years. at the Stash for uh, at the, the Rex center. center for ten years. Ten years, a decade at that point. Also recently married at that point. Not that recently, but three years prior and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, uh, fucking quit that store and uh, quit the Rex center and fucking run the comic book store. This is what he fucking dreamed of. And he's like, I'm not doing this. This is a secure job. He's got benefits and stuff like that. And he's like, I'll help you like order all the stuff and shit. But like, I can't do that. And so I was like, fuck, can Brian do it? And so Brian became the go-to guy so this is the i've been doing a lot of talking but this is the oral history part that i need from you what happened next because i wasn't here like i wasn't here for the building of the stash like i was literally back west with, with joey at that point so you guys once we once i paid him and he fucking left what day did you guys take War brian take possession were you there day one yeah. what was going so so we we
1: we you bought the store we had a certain date that he would we re- agreed upon that he would close and it wouldn't be wouldn't be his store anymore and then like the next day was our day and um we just showed up we opened the door and we just ran ran a store that like we had no experience just walked into a store one day and just uh I left the door open and people came in and bought stuff and you know it was just kind of like you know like it really wasn't
0: our store felt like and then the good thing was you had experience and it wasn't like you know somebody's like come into this mortuary now start yeah. it up like it was a thing that yeah. you knew a thing about yeah well, did yeah, you get to order books before day one uh
1: yes yes he he had uh i had gone over to the place and he had show, like he was working on a really like rinky Ding computer but i didn't know how to even work that rinky Ding computer <laughs> with a disc right. you know he had to put his orders on a disc and he showed me how to do it and uh, i placed the order so we would have stuff coming in once he stopped and you know the next week we would expect a delivery of all the comics and it, it was kind of like you know for from remembering back that many years ago i don't think there was a lot of hiccups or problems And we didn't even change the name of the store immediately. It was still Comixology for quite a bit before you painted the. uh, Before Moj came in.
0: The only thing that I remember that was like remotely related to our world was there he had a a movie poster like bent like this. It was kind of um, arched. Yeah. And like, kind of like the movie poster that you got in the front window of the, the secret stash here at 65 Broad Street, now showing. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was bubbled out like when you oh, go to the yeah. movie theater yes. and see it in, outside. And he'd had, I don't know what was in there, but we put in a Chasing Amy poster because that was about to, or was happening or something like that. And that was literally the only Jay and Silent Bob view askew ephemera. How? So wait, it, you were Comixology for how long?
1: Uh, trying to think back, but it, it was f- at least for a couple months. I would think we were comicsology because Scott
0: couldn't paint the window in the winter. And when did you guys? When we, did you guys? September. Open? So
1: I think in I think in September of ninety seven. I think so. Yeah.
0: Not was, to say, see in my memory. It's December of ninety seven. It was like around the month of Christmas or something like
1: that. No, I think it was a. Uh, yeah, you, you could be right, but I know we didn't have holiday sales. I know. Not was, at all. Yeah. No, no,
3: no. Or were you? You were still working at the rec, though.
1: Yeah. So I would just go in uh, and uh, help him on, on Saturdays, and I would work Saturday and Sundays, and Brian would be there Monday through Friday. Okay. So you were on the payroll. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>.
0: Yes. <laughs> just didn't want the big yeah. job. Was yeah. It like? it just yeah. wasn't going to okay. leave my job. For so you were it. a part-timer yeah, uh, for now. Okay. But what did you guys repaint inside? Or Yeah, Brian painted
1: it black, red, and white with like speed lines, like I think, or am I thinking of his bedroom? I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember but
0: i thought it was black oh. red and white though but maybe i'm wrong no i want to honestly say that it was blue and red okay which is a theme obviously like we took to the next stash as yeah. well um superman colors and i think that's why the other stash became that because when we built the, the other stash two years later ratface was like what do you want Which color do you want it to be <laughs> And I was like, well, red and white is like Superman. Like, that's what we did at the old stash. He's like, okay. But taking it back to the Mama Street stash. uh, In my recollection, I think it was December. It was like right after Christmas. And then he handed it over to you guys on, I want to say, like the 27th. And then you guys did painting and blah, 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 and opened at the very tail end of December, heading right into January, is my recollection. But, um That's probably right though. the uh, I didn't come back for good until July of ninety seven. So when you guys open the stash or take when you open comicsology, take over Comixology, chasing Amy is happening at Sundance. so i'm I'm there. I'm not really involved in in the making of the stash because I'm trying to save my career with chasing Amy up in the mountain and stuff. That's why the chasing Amy poster goes up in the store it's one of those review posters and stuff so um we live at that location for I, if it's january there's no way Mosier paints that window right although he was painting it indoors but we would have had to take the window out did they put in a new window or did they just scrape
2: off comiXology
3: i don't remember well, it's painted from the back Wait a minute. Painted from, the, painted the, back from the,
2: side, the back. so it's got he could have did it inside. yeah he could have did it anyway chasing right? amy didn't they throw the um
0: in the the comics, it was still
3: comicsology when we
0: shot it in '96, but so, we never broke their window for real. No, that was you should But anyway, I know it would have been amazing.
3: So, who come up?
0: Who comes up with the creation of Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash? I mean, I got to imagine that I, like secret stash was me because I'm like, ooh, that's just fucking secret stash was a drug term. It was that right. weed term. It probably came from fucking the world of Cheech and Chong, but it referred to you know your secret stash was your fucking nug your weed and this is long before i was a fucking stoner Mm -hmm. so that i definitely know the secret stash part came from me and i'm pretty sure the jay and silent bob thing came from me too because i was like well that's that's our strongest muscle people know those characters blah 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 and so i don't know if it was like oh once we bought it i know we're going to go there eventually get to that point but I know we weren't intending to like keep calling it comiXology. It was no. eventually going to be what it what it became.
3: So you weren't tossing names around. That's what I'm trying to yeah. I don't remember.
0: Do you, I don't I'll ever think
3: of
1: any other no, name that. I, I think that. it was pretty much uh, immediate. Yeah, so it felt
0: like be that. Because, again, it's one of those things that I felt very clever about because I'm like, Secret Stash. Uh. <laughs> um, and now it doesn't mean – now. And this is the really weird thing. After a quarter of a century, now Secret Stash, for a large part of the world – doesn't mean a fucking bag of weed. It literally means the fucking comic book store, which is kind of nuts. That had, that had, we had a lot of help on it from AMC yeah. on that one in terms of making us the most famous comic book store in the world with a TV show But that comes later once we move up to broad. So we're still on Mammoth street and we're doing that for like two years. And how is Brian as the employee? I remember muse working as well. And he was terrible. Like he would, I remember coming into the secret stash and, uh, They were uh, there was a couple there. And they're like, oh, it's you. And I was like, hi, how are you? And they're like, we came all the way from Rhode Island. That was one of the first things I loved about the stash was people talking about how far away they came. And initially it was like, we came from Staten Island. We came from New York. We came from Philly. And then it got further and further. And then when it was like, I came from England, you're like, holy fuck. That necessitated the bigger stash because it was like people were coming from all around the fucking world. At that point, And, you know, there was nothing to indicate that it was our store other than, like, (laughs) the poster that was hanging up for Chasing Amy or something like that. So, and the window by that point. (whistles) Hey, man, it's me, Kevin Smith. Let me tell you, I don't have many regrets in life, but uh, I wish I'd kept all my um, childhood stuff from my bedroom. Um, Now I spend a lot of time going back and trying to recollect it, bring it back together. Um, but I wish I'd kept that. Um, I wish I'd kept uh, my my boyish figure from uh, when I was in high school and it wasn't even that great back then. But I'll tell you, the thing I wish I kept the most, my hair. My hair, kids, it's gone. Can't keep what's not there, man. And I couldn't, keep it because, you know, it didn't exist back then. Keeps Keeps keeps.com kids. K E E P S.com man, go there right now while we're talking. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K E E P S.com slash smod to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K E E P S.com slash smod to get your first month free man keeps.com slash my keeps.com I wish keeps had existed when I was a kid um, I wish keeps existed when my mom started telling me I think you're losing your hair I was like no everybody's got a little bald spot back there and now that little bald spot uh, takes up my entire fucking body and it wouldn't have been the case if I had keeps back then man could have got me some damn keeps you know why two out of three men experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. And I'm fucking 50. I'm going to be 51. More than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness, man. There's only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss and keeps offers both. They keep it um, simple, Stress. Uh, free uh, way for you to keep your hair, man. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your house. Low cost treatments start at like 10 bucks a month and keeps offers generic versions, man. Discreet packaging. So your man, man, your male man or male woman won't be like, what the fuck? You're losing your hair too? And lots of proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, man. Prevention's the key. Treatments could take four to six months to see results, so act fast. I wish Keeps existed when I was a young man. I wouldn't have been making clerks. I would have been keeping my hair. I spent all my money on Keeps, and it wouldn't have been that much. I still could have made clerks and had Keeps happen. Man, all the good things happen too late. But don't let that happen to you. It's not for you. It's never too late for you, for heaven's sakes. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash SMOD to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S.com slash SMOD. Keeps.com slash mod to get your first month free. Keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash SMOD. Keeps.com slash SMOD. And now on with the show. So, um, Scott, Somewhere, I, you're right, it didn't have to be the, it could be in the winter and shit. I have to look up and see if we know when that happened. But Scott repainted the window. I can't remember if we scraped off Comixology or if we just replaced the glass We have the to glass. look, the window might be dated. I wonder if it's dated. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if Mosier painted it, but the problem is it'd be on the other side of the glass. <laughs> no well maybe but check well, could be yeah you know he was he was an artist so he felt i'm sure he's but he drew that logo he came up with the very first stash logo which is the stash logo that is on the glass the through like most of the seasons of comic book men at the counter whenever they did their transactions or uh you know biddings and negotiations that window and art was from the original Jane and silent bob secret stash did you pull it out and put it up yeah i pulled that out. well you you called me on a whim
3: one day and was just like hey where's the stash glass i was like what glass are you talking about i never would have remembered that really <laughs> yeah and i was like uh, you said don't do we still have it and i was like well let me look into it and i don't know if i talked to mike or walt but somewhere along the line and i called carol also and i found out that it was still in
0: storage, storage. i remember storing it at one point carol right. I was like i was like don't when we move we have to take the window and she was like why and i was like because it's fucking a beautiful piece of art and shit we'll use it again someday and blah blah, blah. cuz i used to like kind of take care of the storage
3: units for you while i was you know doing things i never mm-hmm. really noticed it but once it was i sealed in wood or yeah, something yeah it was all closed i didn't know what the hell it was but once i unpacked it I called uh, the guys over at um, Atlantic Glass and they took it and then they stored it in their spot for a few months until we decided what we were going to do with it. And then we came up with the idea of recreating the Monmouth Street uh, facade in back of the counter. I think that was you That's where the brick comes from.
0: That's why there's brick here too.
3: Yes, just to kind of give a a little bit of-
0: Did you know that? Yeah.
1: I knew that. It's a brick facade. It's an homage to the original spot. The f- you knew that,
0: yeah. <laughs> I just thought well, it was. He like- told me though. That's why. I <laughs> would, you, would you have known that if uh, he didn't say that?
1: Well, he told me so quickly that I, I, he didn't give me time to like g- g- get to it myself. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> you know, I eventually, my would have. I want to conclude this. But if he never told you, would you have noticed that? Mm, possibly, possibly not. That's brilliant. I never fucking knew that. So at the at thirty five, the window went up and that's where they built a new counter. Well, the counter the counter was there, am I correct? Walt? No. It yeah. used to be the back issue. That bins. was back issues. Yeah. Well, cuz the With old the, and the fake f- fake windows looking out at Metropolis, it's, it's Metropolis that Ratface built. And then there were back issues, and then the back had... issues moved to the middle.
3: No, because the season 1 you had to have been filming we at did the all back the transactions counter. At, first, at, at the front, the front. Counter. because when I remember when I set the glass um Mike Grimbowski. Grubaski because he speci- I, I, he's one of the production guys, I specifically asked him, because he was in charge of, was it lighting? He's or, lighting, yeah. Right? I said, I'm going to set the glass, you know, straight. Like, And he goes, no, 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 no. no. You got to put it on like a 10 degree angle. Why? Because of the camera, the way the oh, camera. Oh,
0: for the store, uh, right. for the show, because otherwise the show. they'd be seeing their reflections right, the time. Right, 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 town. right, Oh, that makes sense. So, so you had to pitch it a so little bit. So I
3: pitched bit. it. That's why I'm saying I'm, that blue counter, where the majority of the rest of the seasons is, was there when I did it. Well, you were- yeah,
1: but the, you put that in um, after season one.
3: The what? The counter? Yeah,
1: the fake counter. You built the counter? No, 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 no. No, you I, put the glass in. The glass in the facade. But the counter was already there. Right? Yes. Yeah. Correct. That's but what that I'm getting. that wasn't at. put. That wasn't put in uh, until season two, though. The right counter. season two. Yes. Yeah. But
0: what was on that? So the the counter went in for the show. Yep. Yes, and what was the background? Those windows. It was
1: Metropolis uh, background. That rat face built.
0: Right, and so then uh, you're like, I can do better. (laughs) Wow, and brought that in. And part of the what the the reason there was brick there was to reference the fucking old stash. Yes, never knew that. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) that was beautiful. And so that's why you did it here as well.
3: And I tried finding it, and I knew we had it. I knew we had it. That place don't
0: even look like that no more. No. Their, their well, brick facade is gone. It's now this weird stucco shit. It's weird. But
3: at one point in the basement of the stash, we used to still have the nuch. Yeah, neon. the nooch
0: sign. Yeah, they used to be in the window of the old yes,
3: stash. Yes, I tried finding that, and we couldn't find it. I was gonna It have, broke. Yeah, right. It had broken, and that was there a, was no salvaging. Yet. That
0: was a Christmas gift <clears throat> from Joey Adams one yeah. year. And I was going to have it remade. Uh, easy to remake and you know what it'd be a lot cheaper to remake no now. yes but and he wouldn't use fucking somebody neon. it's
3: maybe I don't know if it was Emilio or, or maybe it was Mike on production that said uh, neon's not gonna be good back there
0: it is because of the show but still it's good now I'm like oh fuck that's right there was a nooch sign hanging yeah. in the window of the of the stash yeah. at, uh, on Mama Street um, taking it back to Mama Street after two years of being there um, that was when And international traffic coming and it becoming a thing. That's when I was like, we could go bigger. Like we should be in a bigger space. We should be on Broad Street because in Red Bank, that's the place to be. And I don't remember why other than that. Like that was the only motivation was like, if we get a bigger space, we can put up props. Because at this point... Like by 1999, I was smart enough to start saving shit. Like, and I knew I had the Buddy Christ and I knew I had fucking whatever we did for movies because I paid to have movie shit made myself and I paid to have the Buddy Christ shit, the Buddy Christ made myself so that Miramax could never claim it as part of the production. So I was smart enough to be like, I'm gonna start holding the clothing, I'm gonna start Mm -hmm. holding everything because I just wanna do Planet Hollywood. Like, just the idea of fucking, I'm gonna put up all the costumes and the fucking props from movies and shit like that. So we started looking for a place and Bobby Sox was the ice cream joint on broad street and, uh, owned by the buildings owned by Jack, uh, Anderson, Anderson. uh, who owns Jack's, the record store well, uh, that you saw in chasing Amy. If you ever saw Chasing Amy Banky and Holden lived above it. We shot scenes inside Jack's and whatnot. Um, he uh, owned the place and I remember he let us come in and look at it and shit. And it was an ice cream parlor and had, they had a kitchen a small one and stuff not like you know stoves and shit but they needed freezers because they sold the fucking ice cream and i went in with rap face and i was like can we turn this into a comic book story he's like yeah you just gotta get rid of all these <laughs> so rap face who was our production designer on chasing amy and dogma at that point and would go on to be our production designer on all the flicks up to and including Zach and Mary make a porno, I think. Yeah, he was with us on Zach and Mary as well. Um, I said, hey, man, I need you to build like a new version of the secret stash. And it's got to be fun. Like we inherited the other one and shit. And it's small and it looks like a cool comic book store, but this is going to be like a view skew museum and stuff like that. And so I hired him and his crew to make the secret stash. And I was living next door Above Duxiana or whatever fuck was under me at that point in an apartment that Jack he owned that building as well. And Muse was staying with me, and we were trying to get him clean for dogma. So he was with me like 24 fucking seven and stuff. Same apartment where Jennifer comes into my life and and where Harley's fucking conceived and stuff. But before that, when the stash is being built, me and Muse go downstairs at night. And like always, look in on the progress and fucking like whoa, whoa, comic book store. Um, at that point, Brian was it was two years in, and Brian wasn't loving it. No, Brian is not a forward facing, <laughs> you know, a, a register guy. Look, it, it, Randall <laughs> is based on Brian, so it, you know, putting Randall in charge of a fucking store never a good idea particularly something that he does not he's not even passionate about if i put brian in charge of something you know a guitar store or whatever the fuck at least he liked guitars at one point comics he had no fucking affinity for whatsoever
3: Do you have any knowledge of comics at, at all very limited he had he, knew, he like, had he like, the
1: Man look like i right, no, know the Mega mine. <laughs> right but <right. laughs> but he knew like he knew the, the, the bare the minimum yeah, yeah. and he, you know and, and the most important thing he knew were To where to look for the price tag to what the charge for. So, you know, that was the most important thing. That was it, yeah. Yeah. As long
0: as you can fucking add figures, you Mm -hmm. can run the store. But there was also the value of when people come in, they're like, that's fucking Steve Dave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for him to run the comic book store, even though he didn't know anything about the comic book store, was oddly on brand. Because it's like, well, that's what he did in the movie. How (laughs) ironic he's running this comic (laughs) book store. So... By the time we start talking about making the move, Brian is kind of half-checked out of the fucking gig and doesn't want to do it. And I don't want to strain our friendship by fucking making him do it and stuff. So I have been approaching Walt periodically over the course of that two years going like, what if I offered you this, this much money? Leave this, leave the rec center. And he's like, I can't do it, man. I can't, that's I just can't do that to the rec. And I would bring it up incrementally. In that year when I was like, Walt, we're moving the stash to Broad Street and it's going to be like a fucking planet Hollywood and like it's going to be big and and fucking we're like, I I need you to run it. It can't be Brian. You got to fucking leave the wreck. I'm going to pay you this. This is the fucking highest salary you could pay. Like, there ain't nobody in comics making, in, in a comic book store managerial position, making that money. The person who owns a store maybe makes that salary, but not the person that runs a fucking store. Please fucking do it. And he was like, we talked to Deb. And he, I guess you talked to your wife. Right, because we were having a baby, too, at that point. First yeah. or second? It's First. That's right. That's mm-hmm. the other factor of the story, too. Because I'm like, come work for me. And you're like, And run a comic book store. Meanwhile, we've seen comic book stores close. We talk about Ray's collectibles. Walter's first thought probably was like, this is Ray's (laughs) too," And you're going to fucking pay for the cosmic sin of not buying that fucking book. And it's going to bite me in the ass. (laughs) How much of a factor was the kid?
1: Uh, surprisingly, n- not at all. I thought it would be a little bit more, but it really wasn't. It it just like, it was just the timing. Like even at the other job, I, I felt like I was, uh, Were you done at the rec? I felt like, yeah, like mentally I, I was done. All the kids that, that I really enjoyed uh, spending time with were now like 17 and 18, you know, for that stretch where they were like 13 to seventeen was awesome because they would just come down. and We play sports all day, every day. It was the greatest job, you know. You know, hockey, football, whatever, wiffle ball. But you know, they moved on. They they found girls, and they weren't coming down and playing <laughs> sports anymore. So now I was stuck every day dealing with like kids who were six and seven, and coloring, and you know, just like doing <laughs> playing candyland for like six hours a day, and it was, it was just mentally. Just draining though, because it was so
0: boring. You can't shoot a game of pool with a six year old. No, it and was just. ball yeah. is really bad. Do you, too. Know,
3: do you notice how Walt doesn't want to say, it was, it was awful?
0: <laughs> it wasn't awful, but it was, for, it was a big it culture just change. It went from being like the excellent job yeah. to like, wait, what the fuck? It's, it's so, so draining. I'm a babysitter. Fuck <laughs>
1: yeah, me. it really wasn't fun anymore. And I just, you know, my wife was just like, well, you know, he, he said, you know, he, he gave a promise of five years. So, 10. Was it the 10?
0: guarantee was 10. I was like, Walt, well, this is, I, can we, I don't want to be Goshen talk figures, but these are 1990 figures. So we could, you tell me whether or not I can throw out the, the What salary, was it? The same <laughs> fucking salary you've had for your entire fucking existence. No, it wasn't. What do you mean?
1: I think it was 26. No. Yes, it was. Cause then, And then when just stri- Strike Back came out, then it was 50. Then
0: it went to 50? Yeah. yeah. So when, so that's 99. So you came to work. At the stash for twenty six, yeah, for the Broad Street to go full I think time. So. That was to buy you. In my see, I'm not going to fight you, but in my recollection, it was like fifty was the magic. When number. you went, but that was when Strike Back came out. Then I was like fucking yeah. stinking rich, and I'm yeah. like, everyone's getting fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> um, but all right, so the figure that made you leave was I, it, twenty six. Well, 12, I mean twenty six to thirty, whatever it was, it might have been thirty. And I remember going like. All right, I because Walt's big concern was like comic book stores close. You can't guarantee that this store doesn't fucking close. And I was like, I ga- I guarantee you 10 years. We will do this at least 10 years. Even if I have to fucking pay for it out of my own pocket, I guarantee you we'll do this for 10 years. And in that 10 years, you will make more than you'll make it the fucking right. wreck your whole life. And he was like, all right, I'll talk to Deb. And then he did, and fucking he was like, all right, let's do this. So was it hard to tell Timmy, like, I'm leaving the wreck because Timmy had been his boss and friend. Yeah. And hockey fucking buddy for like over a decade and stuff. Played sports together and whatnot.
1: I think he kind of knew that like it was uh it was time. He Go be a star
0: it. kid. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know, and you know, thankfully though, like it, we didn't like just like, you know, what uh, just stop communicating with each other. We're still friends to this day. We still he's in Florida. Yeah, yeah he went to movies today. Did he? Yeah. He thought you were going to be there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is charming. <laughs> but that fucking touches me that he actually won't yeah. have his way to go to movies. Yeah, he
1: texted me. He said he met O'Halloran oh, was there today.
0: Brian was there? Yeah. Dante was there. So that means he's gone three days in a row. Media whore. Good for him. No I'm That's good. I'll put him on the payroll. I think go. he's down there for a show or something like oh, that. Okay. He has a so con, uh, con, right? right?
2: In, in Maryland. Out. Him yeah. in Maryland,
0: yeah. Him and Maryland, yeah, because yeah. they both went. But like that, he went the the opening day. I went on opening day, which was Friday the 12th, and then I flew back to Jersey to do the grand opening of the 65 Broad Street Secret Stash. And so Brian was texting me when I was going to the airport. Oh my God! There's and look at him responsibly wearing a mask, and Dante's maskless. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy Hill, a picture of Timmy Hill. He went to a show like within the last ten years. Like I remember one of the shows I did. Oh yeah, and I shouted him out and stuff.
1: Oh, he yes, yeah, he loved that.
0: Um, so he, uh, what was I talking about before that, though?
1: Timmy Hill. Yeah, but it hard for me to
0: tell him. Yeah, did so. What it, it got to a point where you were like. He yeah like, Go yeah I now.
1: think he yeah I think he saw that, that you know there was um probably more opportunity for me there and you know I put in my 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 leave I actually got a knee operation on the on the Burrow's uh dime because I had blown out my knee Doing what basketball? Basketball, playing basketball there, and um, I, oh, I stayed time? on long enough so that I can get the operation paid for by the borough, since it happened on company time. And then after the operation, uh, I was no longer uh,
0: an employee. Um, was it uh, at that point? Was there uh, was it bittersweet to leave? It was, the employee yeah. Employee of Highlands,
1: yeah, because you know it was a, it was a job that I enjoyed doing. So and, so was, near it, your house, was, too. yeah. Oh yeah, I could walk to work.
0: Like, and, yeah. and, and a lot of people are like, "Well, I can walk to work." I mean, he could walk yeah. to work in two minutes yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from his door to the fucking door of his job. You want to talk about like yeah. leaving at the last minute? You could leave at two minutes before fucking like punch in time and still be there. Yeah, on time.
1: great job. You could just like open up for a condo association and watch TV, and they'd pay you for it because yes. you had to stay there the whole time, make sure that nothing went wrong with the condo meeting which you know nothing ever not went wrong. They're, like, it. they're punching each other
0: in the face, <laughs> do something <laughs> yeah.
1: So it was a good job, but you know it was the right move uh, you know history will show that like there was the the greatest move. So you know it was
0: uh, it was just time. Um, do you remember the building of the of 35 Broad Street? Were you involved at all, or you came into? No, a, a place that was all Ratface. Yeah, it was all
1: right, like as I came in, and it was like, <laughs> Ratface
0: gave me the tours and gave me the Kate it's like, all right, there you go, puck and I. So, did it, you approve any of the store <laughs> on that one? Yes, okay. like because Ratface was, and I remember I love Ratface to death, but I was irritated by his insistence on including things that weren't. Jane Silent Bob. For example, if he remembers 35 Broad Street, the old version, I don't think it's been up on the wall for a long time because we had shirt drawers at a certain point. But remember there was like the human torch fiery hand oh, coming yeah. out of yeah. the wall. Shooting a laser pistol. Sh- and shooting a laser pistol, and the, the, the shirts chain, were hung right, the on. Chain. Yeah, the lobo. The chain, lobo man. looking arm and oh, shit. Yeah. That's what he wanted to bring to it. And I was like, no, man, like fucking Buddy Christ, fucking shit monster, and stuff like that. Um But ultimately, like, he won out because I'm like, that's, you know, creative. It's inventive. And it's on brand for comics. It wasn't like here in this stash in 65 Broad Street, the one that Ernie built. There's no like, you know, we sell other people's products, comic books and and fucking Funko Pops and ephemera and shit. But like no wall space is devoted to anything but fucking this world, Mm -hmm. this universe and stuff like that. So, like, him him going, like, I want to put this Lubu arm coming out the wall. Like, I'd be like, no, do, do the shit monster arm. Like, you know, it would just be more fucking on brand. But it was, you know, you give a person space what they want to do. He wasn't asking for much and shit. And he did things like, you know... Um, brought like the meat grinder handle that we'd used in dogma and put it in there and stuff. Is that it.
3: what that was? The grinder in the back on the top, that and big handle that, that was from
0: the, from movie from the very first movies in dogma, the gymnasium, the kids play set that she's sitting on when she has a conversation with, uh, Chris rock, uh, Linda, when Linda Fiorentino, and I didn't know that. That's the, it's shaped to be like a big meat yeah, grinder. Yeah. And that's where that big handle came oh, from. We thought it was a jack in the box. I swear to God. I had
3: no clue what it was, dude.
0: Came from the flick. Um, he, you know, he. we got to put up the fucking uh, poop monster, the Golgothan. Naturally, the big draw was like a home for Buddy Christ. Um And Dogma had happened at that point. Or was happening when we were opening up the yeah, stash on Broad Street. Yeah, you had me after Rat Face,
3: you guys were open. I brought in the Wings and that, yeah. that love well, the,
0: the armor yes uh and that's when ernie started building right, shit. Started like you shit. built as long as the stash has been on broad street like the jane silent bob jackets hung in lucite that yeah, was you that in you started yeah. working and started building shit right
3: because i actually only did one i actually did one project in monmouth at the old store the, the old original store. location
0: yeah does it, do you remember the number 30 69 Are you shitting me? <laughs> that was another reason to buy it. Great, <laughs> it built yeah, in I fucking think, pun. I think because Brian. Oh my god, I forgot. That's right. And I was so heartbroken when we had to move up to thirty-five Broad Street. I'm like, why can't it be thirty-seven? Like, at least that would be so fucking umbral. <laughs> yeah. It was sixty-nine fucking Mama Street. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Brian
3: or you or somebody contacted me. It might have been Brian because what? he lived in back. I did
0: a little bit of painting, hung some shelves, oh, and okay. fixed a couple things in the store. So we can start displaying more merchandise yeah, and could shit. Yeah, display more merch. But you, as long as you remember going down there, you don't remember ever seeing fucking view askew and nothing, right? No. It was no. just a straight up comic book just store. a straight up store, yeah. Which I guess, like, you know, that was just, just us going like, well, it worked for him, it'll work for us. <laughs> there was no grand design, really. And I don't remember if when we got it, I was like, this will be forevermore Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. I just thought, all right, we'll buy the comic book store and move forward from there. But it evolved, I guess, into Jane Sonbob's secret stash. How fucking interesting! When do you first walk in the doors of a stash?
2: I walk in at sixty-nine Mama Street. You? So you were? the, uh, I was, the old I one. Would, yes. You actually, go that
0: fucking far back?
2: Oh yeah, I was. So I you was, were
0: employed? At 69? No, no, oh, no, okay. no. I okay.
2: walk in as a customer, oh. and. Uh, I meet Brian Johnson for the first time. Ask him, that what's what's hot these days? He's like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. That's pretty much <laughs> absolutely Absolute fucking worst um, person to ask what's hot I don't, these days. I don't like, oh, read God. comic books. And I'm like, that's cool. And I'm just going to take a look around. And I had gone to Comicsology. As a matter of fact, Steve. You were
0: in the old store.
2: Yes. Oh, Steve absolutely Yes, come into my my lair and we will speak of comic books it's fucking and
0: eerie. That's exactly you're doing a better him than I did, and it doesn't even it's it's not even a him doing comic book guy. That's literally no, that Steve was Dave.
2: that was exactly what. And I mean, I love Walt's story. We'll talk about that later um, about the the wife. But you walk in, I walked in, and uh, I became a reservist. And that was the one thing about the Fantasy Zone we could never get comics reserved. What do you mean? They only—they made you buy off the rack. You have to buy off the rack. I never had a reserve pile there. He just—he just didn't do it. Uh, I'm not sure why. I asked him about it like years later. Well, he and, Dave didn't own the place, right? He no. worked for some other guy, mm-hmm. and he's like the guy just didn't. trust I, I, people. It's
0: true. I guess there was no poll list because I fucking hand picked every comic off the rack and then mm-hmm. busted the dude's balls when he fucking like held them in his hand to ring them up and they bend them a little. I was like, "Come on, man! Like that
2: wasn't bent." And he would look at me like i was nuts and shit. <laughs> like sorry but steve would pull my comics and um he, he always got the comics wrong i don't know if you if you told him listen i want to stop catwoman i i realize there's a two-month lag but just stop me on catwoman for six months after i'd have catwoman and i'm like come on stop he, putting this in yeah, my box that, yeah I, I don't want it no you more have
0: fucking terminator hard man. <laughs> <laughs> i
2: did actually i did and um i had been laid off from work and he calls up my house because i hadn't been in for like a month month and a half and starts berating. Um, I was living with my girlfriend at the time. He's, you tell that that gentleman to get his ass into it. And she's like, no, nah, "I'm not telling him any such thing. You can go fuck yourself." So like, Steve <laughs> Dave got hard on the phone with my with a not even me. So I'm like, "Fuck him." So I I walked away from him, and I came in when I heard you guys took over. I'm like, "Oh, the 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 purple guy's out of there." So. <laughs> Um, so I, I came in The Grimace Brian yeah the <laughs> <is grimace>. gone. <laughs> something did kill the Grimace yes. um, so I walked in met Brian and about three weeks later I met Walt do it's you remember I, meeting Mike? Uh,
1: I don't remember the first time but I remember the the way that uh, we were able to uh, connect and have a conversation was because uh, uh, over George
0: Perez and Titans and uh, DC Comics and your impression was like he knows his shit Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So you in this instance, he's a customer in the store. How were how were you in terms of like dealing with the customers? Like, did you want to interact? Did you want to have conversations Um, about comics? I wasn't really looking
1: for that, you know. I'm not. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't
0: looking for Mike Zabzik. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't want to. Uh, be. I was never going to be that guy that was going to be like overbearing and be like over someone's shoulder and be like, "What are you looking at? Oh, you like that? I like that too."
0: Right, right, right. You no, know,
1: I'm not going to be that guy. I'm just going to le- let you be. And if you want to ask me something, and if I know what it is, I'll t- I'll I'll chime in. But I, and and if my, I always took the um, the tact you know, not not the customer is always right, but if they're like, you know, because I can't stand like Transformers and G.I. Joe, but if they're like, I could tell that they're like, I love this shit. I'm like, I love it too. It's awesome. <laughs> you know, I try, try to bluff my way that I liked it too. And like, and then if they were like, but I didn't like this. I'm like, I hate that too.
0: <laughs> you know, just to- uh, it's, A skill that would come in handy years later on Comic Book med. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the performance began there. <laughs> oh, I love this shit as well.
1: Yeah, so I would always just try to parrot whatever they liked and, and to just to- kind of hopefully get the conversation over with as soon as possible because i didn't want to have any kind of like conflict where they'd be like okay we can have an i can try to turn you onto my side i'm like i'm already at your side yeah you got me (laughs) i'm with you
0: i'm in your corner buddy yeah registers over there yeah
1: so i wasn't I was never going to be like a real uh, chatty catty with any of the customers but some i did you know i i i became friends with you know like some customers like mike and of course, Sunday Jeff was a customer first. That's right. He was also
0: somebody who came in.
1: Yeah, and like there was there was a couple customers that I became uh, you know true blue friends with, um, and there was other customers that I wouldn't call them friends, but I would call them at least somebody I enjoy talking with once a week. And it was always weird. That was the, that's the weirdest part. Nobody ever talks about this, and I'm you because you don't experience it. It's weird how just people just disappear. And you're like, what the fuck ever happened to that guy? Mm. I like that guy. What happened to him? Like, why'd he stop? because <laughs> <laughs> he left the Terminator hardcover behind. No, that's the weirdest, most like uh, the, the tawdry side of being
0: a comic book retailer. <laughs> the fucking
1: dark side of comics. <laughs> <side. laughs> sad side. The sad side. Like, the people just disappear and you never know what the fuck happens.
0: And it's not like when you're a bartender... And you're like, whatever happened to that guy? You could go like, they probably got sober. Good for them or whatever the fuck. But here, you're like, whatever happened to that guy? And you I realize. Had a girlfriend I girlfriend got married. Or it's like he found a cheaper comic book store. <laughs> um, so you remember when he came in? Do you remember when uh, then uh, when Sunday Jeff came in? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I remember when Sunday Jeff came in because he was the fucking high roller, man. We had to treat him like, uh, you know, how they like, had they, the high rollers in yes, Vegas or Atlantic yes. City. Yes. We're like, oh, what do you want, Mr. Silverman? We're rubbing his back. <laughs> we got the newest Star Wars figures right up here. <laughs> Is that when he came in for the yeah, Star, Wars figures? Star Wars?
0: The exclusive. Was he also Mama Street then? yes no
1: yes yes yeah. i believe he was because
0: yeah. mama's street like was when jay was also getting clean yep and so part of his routine or part of the routine that we built with him or for him was like he'd wake me up and be like let's go we have to go to the methadone clinic and it'd be like fucking five thirty-six in the morning we drive out to asbury park um pull up there's a line of people outside the methadone clinic um he'd get out of the car get in line i'd wait for him in the car and shit and it's kind of like the quick stop parking lot you just pull right up to the front of this building and stuff little strip mall and then they sometimes people look at jay and then they go back to looking at whatever they're looking at. then they look at jay again then they look at me in the car and be like oh my god jane sonobob seriously have a fucking problem <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so once he got his meth then we would go not crystal meth methadone Then we would go to Dunkin' Donuts and he'd pick up a fucking manager special, which was like just glazed with fucking sprinkles on it, eat two of those and shit. And then we would go to Toys R Us and sit in the parking lot. And mind you, it's seven in the morning until somebody would come open a door at like 10. Sometimes you get lucky because people coming in at nine to open up and shit and you become friends with them. And that was the beauty of Muse is he can ingratiate himself to everybody and anybody and just be like, hi, hi. Hey man, can we just, can we, can Mm. we just, that's his (laughs) opening. Can we just. (laughs) Um, So we would go there and look for, Star Wars had just come back. Like in 96, 97, 97, they started re-releasing figures and then they started doing, 12-inch dolls. The hottest fucking Star Wars 12-inch doll you could get was the Greedo 12-inch. Mm, J.C. Penny, And it was, well, a, was it a, not it was an exclusive? J. C. It
1: was a J.C. exclusive at first. Originally, yeah. and then it also and went it to Toys R Us. Market,
0: yeah. um, Toys R Us, we would go to, that's right, it was, in the mall at first. Then you'd go there first, and they'd be like, no, what are you, crazy? We're mm. out of those. <laughs> and then Toys R Us got them. Muse loved that. And Muse, you know, he was an addict, so he substituted one addiction with another. So you take away heroin and you replace it with, Mm. we got to get these Greedo dolls. We got (laughs) to. So we're all over the fucking map. And, you know, for me, it was, this will keep his mind off drugs. And like, you know, we got months before Dogma, so this will fucking help him and shit. If he wants to go driving around looking for Greedo dolls, it's good for the fucking store. And so we would go around looking for Greedo dolls and buying them at, you know, Fucking market price, whatever they pay retail, and then bringing them back to the stash and doing markup. Where certainly Jeff would buy them all. He was the guy. He was the one. I remember. Were, remember, there was, there, was a, there was a girl. A girl. Yes, Amy. Amy that's yeah. right. Yeah. I remember her. Where she, she was, was like, I'm her buying her her it for my uncle, who's in like Japan or yeah, something, who, a, who had a collectible store in Japan. Oh my god! And we were like, we got to find these fucking rarities because we could then mark them up. Because then they were marking them up like ridiculously overseas because she was sending them overseas yeah. and who knows what he was. So like the Luke and Tauntaun on Hoth, she was, I remember, another gold mine. Every time yeah. she came through,
1: you're like, this way. And she just disappeared just like all of them. Except you know? She found
0: a cheaper store, I'll bet. Mm-hmm.
1: Somebody oh, who yeah, was just like, I, I'm sure what she... are you
0: paying for a Han and Tauntaun? What are you, nuts? But I'm sure
1: she is no longer in the game.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I, she ain't sitting around with Steve, Dave, and Ray listening to this episode at all. She was like, that was just something I did for my uncle. Yeah, so, Although but- during the Marvel movies, as the Marvel movies broke, she must have been like, oh, I know this stuff a little bit. I used to have to go pick up things for my uncle and stuff. Amazing. But she was mostly Star Wars. Oh, yeah. almost. So Sunday Jeff Star Wars. was in her league.
1: Oh yeah, he was uh he was as hardcore a junkie as uh, anybody in terms of like searching. He was always on the make, you know. He would, he would just spend evenings just going around, just driving around to all the the, the hot spots looking for these Star Wars toys. And that's how um, he would tell me about how you know he searched. I can't find this, and I realized that like he would be invaluable to bring over, and we would lose a customer. But he would bring in so much money <laughs> if we hired him so while true. he's
0: going around searching.
1: I'm well, like, we didn't lose a customer. He too. just
0: started getting discount, right?
2: Yeah.
1: I so mean, he'd start to work here, but, you know, initially solely because uh, I thought he would be so invaluable to to us. For the hunt. To, to have, a, have, a, have on our side.
0: Which, to be fair, and that's a really fun part of the story. Walter like ran the initial stash like any comic book store that we ever went to i.e. there were bootleg videos. Oh yeah. Something you would never fucking get away with today. <laughs> or you could, but then people be like, uh, aren't Don't you make those movies where at the end they're like everybody gets paid to do this, don't steal it and shit like that. So we did bootlegs just like, you know, the fucking uh the that the, 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 the fle-
1: calling col- uh, uh, not callings were uh, one. one flea market.
0: Um we did um and what what led me to that? We were talking about something, Jeff. So oh we did the toys because um, that was bonus shit. Walter would go to uh, Suncoast Video in the mall. Yeah. So much so, like Walter was on the hunt. That's where I. You're right. Sunday Jeff came in because you were like, I, I gotta watch the store. I can't do all of this because Walter would do the hockey, store, yeah. and then he would go out at night on the hunt. Yeah, and then I would just be re- like buying stuff and returning stuff on such
1: a, uh, such a like insane high level like you know that like you know that they I, I, they were told that i wasn't allowed to return anything anymore because I we was just buying stuff and if we didn't sell it we would return it so i had to get jeff involved to take the load off of me it's <laughs> you know, funny it's like like he was a friend of brian's jeff and he could brian johnson me. yeah because he had met brian at the because he was still working at the other store and he was like he would call up the store and if i answered he goes oh I want to see if Brian was there uh, and uh, he goes, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll probably come in next week. And it's so odd that, yeah, that we became such close friends, but, and uh, he doesn't really talk to Brian at all. Now, but he couldn't stand me. He goes, I thought you were a prick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Until you were like, Hey man, I'll hire you to go on the hunt. And he's like, you're a good guy. So I, at one point, Walter was such a fucking known quantity in the world of returns that toys r us changed their returns policies Mm -hmm. and then years later and hopefully you correct me if the story is wrong walter went to uh like a sun coast or something like that and he went to pay for something and he had stopped no return something return something and he had long since stopped like doing it as frequently yeah such a high volume yeah i stopped but the person behind the counter was like are you Walter Flanagan? The Walter Flanagan? And
1: I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Clerks? Yeah, the Eggman? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, because, it wasn't that. because of that. They're like, oh, you, we can't take a return from you. And they show me like a little folder. And it's like your name. And like, you can't return anything in New Jersey. Wasn't he like, oh. we talk
0: about you in the morning yeah. meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he how became many a years, fucking how many years legend. Does this go on? Enough to bankrupt Suncoast Video. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> there's years. one. There's really? one, and I've been to it. The Mammoth Mall. Yep. Wait. No. Then there's two because there, I've been to one out in the. There's still a Suncoast at the Mammoth Mall. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: it is on life
0: support. It is on vapors. Yeah, I mean, God there. bless them though. Still flying I, the flag.
1: I, I, I think when their lease is up, if they're, you want, gone. If, yeah, they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah.
0: No, I've been to. There's one that's thriving. I forget what city it was in, but I was walking through the mall. And all of a sudden, I was like, holy shit. I thought I entered a time loop and shit. And they're like, no, we're still doing it. We're the last one.
2: <laughs> I didn't know about the- <laughs> Thank God we banned Walt Flanagan 10 years yeah, ago. Like, if only we'd gotten rid of that fucker, we might have had a few more that was, like,
1: that was in an era where like action figures and and uh, and stuff like that was- It was just you couldn't keep anything in stock. Mm-hmm. People were buying it like crazy. McFarland stuff. Yeah, that bubble burst, and there was no longer any need to partake in such uh, tawdry- And also, don't forget
0: the internet happened. Because all this hunt shit is in an era where you can't just buy something online. Secret Stash started in the wake of the merchandise, I think. The merchandise came first. We started selling merchandise through the website in 1995, at the tail end of uh, 95, because we opened up the VSQ website late 95, early 96. And In 96, like we had the message board, and people started going, What are you selling? And I was like, Well, I guess I'm selling the idea of these movies. And they're like, No, don't you have shirts? Mm. And it had never occurred to me prior to that to do shirts, but I was like, Well, we have a bunch of Mallrats posters, I can sign them. And so we started selling signed Mallrats posters. Like uh, I'd gotten a thousand of them from fucking Universal, and then the movie died. So I just had a closet full of these fucking things. And suddenly we started selling them. And then Scott, you know, I was like, draw a shirt. And he drew Press Tam, Jane Silent Bob with their ass against the window. Then he did like a Dark Knight version of Jane Silent Bob. And so we started doing black and white shirts. And Brian Quinn was there for that. That was when Brian Quinn, you know, did his bookstore thing where he fucking yelled at the bookstore guy and sent me the cassette of it. And I was like, you can come work for me. This is ingenious and shit and so he came to work at the office as like a pa intern or whatever and it was just when we started selling things so he became default head of that department now, now brian johnson was still in
3: the picture at the stu- uh in the office because i remember him being up in the office too that came
0: later that came later first, first was quinn and Q were there
3: Later on, they cross over in the other office, but I'm talking about the
0: office on Broad Street, the old old office,
3: where you were with the glass in the back, yes, Ah,
0: yes. the one right at the window, where the language school is. So he would, um, he'd, he'd, uh, we we were up there, and Quinn was running mail order business, and it was literally send a check or money order. There was no, you know, one day we got fancy and said, let's add a phone number. Like, and not even a 1-800 number, it was just the number of the office, so you can call up and order your shit. Um, but there was no web commerce at this point. The porn industry had not monetized web commerce. Once they did, then suddenly, late, years later, when Brian came back to work the merchandise, um, Brian instituted paying on using online commerce, um, you know, because we had just reached that point of like, well, you can... Get a person's credit card and shit like that. Like I remember vulgar thons where we had people calling the office number and there was like four phones and we had four people on the phones taking orders, Jim running f- very much like a fucking telephone. Yeah. but running credit cards, having them on the phone as we ran the credit cards and be like, okay, you're in, you're approved and shit like that. That all went away once, you know, online commerce fucking started happening and shit. So there was, there was shit being made. Merchandise being made, but I don't even think that was called like Jane, Son, Bob's Secret Stash yet. So we were in the business of selling things when the Secret Stash began. But I don't remember selling many Jane, Son, Bob things there. Did we ever like put them in bags and up on the wall or something like that? Which location? At Mammoth.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Because you had the l- black dress. and white shirts. Yeah, you had Bulgarthons at that location. You had definitely. That's right. Yeah, so we started, jerseys there.
0: We sold them there. Oh yeah. So we started doing our shit. Yeah, pretty pretty early on, but not initially. It took like a couple months for it to get churned up. And the idea was, oh, we're doing an online business. Now here's actually a place to showcase it, you know, amidst all the comics and stuff. And then moving up to Broad Street, 35 Broad Street, it became like an equal driver to the comics. Like, this is View Askew land. Mm. This is Jane Song Bob land. Look at this fucking outfit. Look at this fucking piece of art. Look at this and stuff. And then- buy a comic or more importantly buy one of our fucking things you know with our faces on and stuff. So Ratface um kind of designs it, builds it and it's it's red and blue with yellow once again because the old store was red and blue because of Superman. And so we just kept with that fucking theme and um one day handed it over to Walt and Walked away. That was it. Like, Ratface never, I mean, he came back and as much as, like, we shot Jane, Silent Bob Strike back so we were here in the store. We're not here at this store at 35 Broad Street when we shot it. But it was like uh, one and done and kind of walked away. Stash lived at that location from 1999. Uh, We have it on our wall, on our milestones out there. Um, All the way till 2020 and that's, you know, when we moved up here in 2021 um during that fucking time when we were at the stash is that when you get hired at that location yes, yes. and what was that about like why did why'd you hire him
1: uh i needed help on the weekends and i needed help on wednesdays to get the, all the new stuff checked in and but it was really because of the uh the weekends we didn't have anybody else. i was the only employee
0: up here yeah so it, that's right. Brian didn't come up to Broad Street. No. What did he do? I think he went into the uh, went into your your Harding Road
1: maybe uh, office, and he
0: became the the online guy yeah. that's yep. selling shit online. So he segued over to that. Um, so the, it was just you on the schedule. There was nobody else. Nobody else. And so eventually, Walt's like, "I am married and I have children, or at least a child. <laughs> I would like to go home." So you were looking for some fucking yeah just some weekend. some
1: weekend help and then that that of um you
0: know eventually made his way to full-time help why him of all the people that came oh
1: here? he was a, he was uh super nice you know uh, super knowledgeable and you know it was like uh you know he had a, a smile from ear to
0: ear to ear when he was in there <laughs> so you know he seemed like the the guy what was it like at what why did you take the job
2: um, I was transitioning out of my old career. I which was, was a, what? I was a chef. So I'm like, you know you what? You came from food? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is a, that, well, I guess it's as big as
2: a career shift from rec center <laughs> yeah. to comic book store. You went from fucking <laughs> food cuisine to comic book store. Yes. Um, my wife, you know, we had, I had just gotten married and my wife is like, if we want to have kids, you can't be working 90 hours a week. So uh, I was going to go back to school, which I did. I was up at Brookdale and, Well, you know, I come in for my books one day and he's just like, want to work on weekends? I'm like, hell yeah.
0: And so it starts with weekends. Yeah.
2: And then I ended up over um, at uh, Harding Road. I end up helping Brian doing the online stuff. Which So this is circa 2000? 2000, 2000. 2001.
0: So were you there for Jane, Silent Bob Strike Back? I
2: absolutely was.
0: That is legendary in the halls of uh, View Askew and Smodco and whatnot kids. And I don't know if it's, uh, I wasn't around for it. So it could be, uh, what do they call that? Apocryphal. But I, you might be able to back it up and you might, but you didn't do the online sales. According to Brian Johnson, like we were, we made a million dollars selling just Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back t shirts, which just had the logo on them. And he could not ship them out fast enough. But he
2: had to hire one, two, three. There were, there were like
0: eight of us. It was, it's still considered to this this day, like one of the hallmark fucking high water moments uh, of the business and shit, where it's just like, oh my God. Like, and it was such an afterthought. Like, you know, I was still into selling merchandise and shit like that. But it was like Bob Chapman going, like, can we, can we do the logo? And I was like, yeah, just fucking put it on a T-shirt and shit. And it was just yellow on black. And we couldn't fucking. It was like the, I'm not going to compare it to the Batman symbol during 1989. But, like, we sold a fuck ton of fucking shirts, man. And and then we had more stuff coming out because there was a Blunt Man and Chronic fucking graphic novel tied to it. The figures and shit. And then, like three weeks after the movie came out, September 11th happened, and like all online sales dropped. Nobody gave a fuck about a Jay and Silent Bob T-shirt anymore. They were worried that fucking we were going to war and stuff like that. Wisely, so, so it like fell off a cliff at that moment.
2: So you were there while that was happening. I was there when that was happening. I was there on September 11th when that happened. That was a surreal day. Were you working
0: September 11th?
2: No, it had
1: happened before I was supposed to get to work, and I go to work at eleven. Everything had had gone down
0: between 9, 30, and 10. And at that point, of course, you're like, like I'm yeah, not going and, to the store. <laughs> Nobody who, wants a comic who book Who's going to
1: be coming to the store today?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what, when did you go full-time? When did he, How long did it take him to go from weekends to full-time?
2: It was right after that because the drop-off on the online sales was – Brian's like, huh, holy crap. So Walt said, you can make up the hours that you were doing over there here. Which and you, you become
0: essentially the first because you're you're not an employee you ran the place so you'd say the manager mm-hmm. you become the very first full time employee. So Sunday I Jeff was Johnson, there before me, but he was the manager too. Yeah, Jason and Jason wasn't full time and he barely fucking worked. I didn't even finish that fucking story. I walked in to the to the and Bob Secret session Mama Street. And the Rhode Island people were there and stuff. And I was like, they were like, it's you. And I was like, it is me. How are you? Welcome to the secret stage. And I was like, uh, Jason's here somewhere. And they're like, oh, we know we already saw him. He asked us to watch the store so we can go get cigarettes. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? And Jason walked in at that point, like packing cigarettes, going like, oh, hey, Moves. And I was like, can I talk to you for a second? And took him to the back. I was like, you they seem like nice people, but you can't abandon the store with customers in it to go buy fucking cigarettes and stuff. He was like, I know, but it's just, you know, I
2: didn't get them before and shit like that. Jay was a terrible employee. I hate to tell you this, but my tryout for my job was when I came in to pick up my comic books. Jay's like, I have to go grab something. Can you just watch the register for a minute? And I'm like, sure thing. He's gone for like 20 minutes. The most and trusting I think, man in the world. I and mean, yeah, I think he bummed a couple bucks off me too. I'm like, you yeah, can't take it. Fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, so he don't count as the
0: first full time employee. So that makes you the first full time full time, yes.
2: But Sunday Jeff predated me by how many months? Well,
1: uh, yeah, not like maybe uh, a handful at, at, at most. It wouldn't be many. It was you know both kind of
0: came onto the uh, scene around the same time. Now I know what you're saying to yourself. Oh, what a great discussion! Oh my God, I'm mean, this such rich secret stash history. I hope this never ends. It's ending, kids. We're gonna put a pin in it right here then come back next week because the conversation was so long come back next week man and uh tell you more uh tales uh origin secret origins of the secret stash with uh me and walt and mike and ernie and get em off to the side um hear it all hear the big conclusion the big fat fucking jersey conclusion Uh, next week here on Smodcast. But for now, that's Smodcast for this week. I'm Kevin Smith. Have a week. This has been a Smodco Internet production. Sip only at Smodcast.com.